Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 79. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who run a business while traveling full-time in an RV. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Jake Newell, who has been traveling around the country in his travel trailer since 2011. Well, Jake is not running his hand engraving business, which he has decked out his travel trailer with his own hand engraving setup, which I will link up to in the show notes. He is usually spending most of his days with a group called the RV Caravaners from Habitat for Humanity or Outfly Fishing. A few things that we talk about on today's episode is who are the RV Caravaners and what exactly does this group do? how asking for help from experts can grow your business, and the importance of finding community and meaningful work while traveling. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to thank WeBoost and Outdoorsy for providing support for the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. Outdoorsy is the largest and most trusted RV rental marketplace on the planet. Alyssa and I rented out our Winnebago Brave on Outdoorsy on several occasions like Christmas and spring break while we weren't using it, and the entire experience was awesome. At first, the idea of renting our RV seemed a little crazy. What if somebody wrecked my house? But with Outdoorsy's one-click insurance coverage and driver history background checks for renters, it makes the entire process safe, super easy, and fully insured. If you already own an RV, Outdoorsy can be a great way to make extra income by renting out your unit. We know renters who have made over 20000 in one summer by renting out their RV when they weren't using it. Or if you're looking to test out the RV life for a road trip, I would highly recommend using Outdoorsy's RV Rental Marketplace where you'll find RVs of all kinds, everything from large Class A's to smaller vans and everything in between listed for rent at affordable prices. And bonus, you'll get to rent from dependable owners like us. To learn more and get $25 off your first rental fee, go to outdoorsy.co slash partner slash RVE. I want to thank today's sponsor, WeBoost, and the new 4GX RV cell phone booster. This cell phone booster is something I wish we would have picked up the day we bought our RV because I can't tell you how many times over the past three years we were in truly beautiful places outside of national or state parks, but we had to leave early because there was only one to two bars of Verizon and we couldn't get any work done or it wasn't fast enough to record a podcast over Skype, which is kind of a big deal. The 4GX RV cell booster can take that signal, multiply it up to 32x, and then rebroadcast it throughout the entire RV to give us a significant boost in internet speed. This means more time in beautiful places and faster internet wherever we go. WeBoost's new cell phone booster is made specifically for RVs, and if you want to receive a 10% discount, you can reach out and email me directly, heath at campgroundbooking.com, and I'll hook you up with that discount code. Go to weboost.com to learn more about their cell phone boosters. All right, let's get into today's show with Jake. All right, Jake, thanks for being on the show with me, man. No problem. So you've been traveling around the country since 2011, running your hand engraving business from your RV while spending most of your days at Habitat for Humanity or fishing. So when you meet people, how do you describe what it is you do for a living and your lifestyle? Uh, <laughs> it's not very easy. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not a conventional uh, lifestyle. But yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of, I say it kind of how you said it, you know, if I'm, if I'm not building houses with Habitat, then I'm, I'm working my real job, which is hand engraving. And if I'm not hand engraving, I'm usually uh, trying to find some fish to catch somewhere. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's my, my life in a nutshell right there. So where did, where did all of this start? Like, how did you end up in hand engraving and in an RV and traveling around the country? Yeah, I was actually introduced to hand engraving in college, my my local hometown college. Um, there's a company there, uh, it's GRS Tools, 
and uh, they donated a bunch of hand engraving equipment to my college. And I was I was going to college to be an art teacher, K through 12. And I actually just took engraving as an art elective. Um, so it was just one of those art classes I was taking to get to my degree eventually. And uh, I didn't think too much of it. You know, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of a cool hobby, you know, something I may do um, in my spare time or something uh, later down the road. But uh, um, after college, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to be an art teacher. Um, I kind of panicked a little bit and I was looking looking for something a little more, uh, something with a little more meaning. I, I went to a Google search box and, and typed in the words community service, I believe, uh, those two words. And and uh, up came AmeriCorps, and it's a national service program. My particular brand of or, or my my category of AmeriCorps that I chose was AmeriCorps NCCC. It's based on the uh, Civilian Community Corps uh, way back in the day, but it's a national service program for 18 to 24-year-olds. It's a 10-month service. You travel the country in a 15-passenger van, the team, uh, similar age to you, and you do four different service projects during that term. So this is a long, long story, but uh, my first project with AmeriCorps was Habitat for Humanity in Thibodeau, Louisiana, five years after Katrina. So it was still Katrina relief. And our job there basically was to build houses with Habitat. It was there that I met this group called the RV Caravanners. And basically, you have to have a self-contained vehicle, whether it be an RV or a travel trailer. And you can sign up for builds all across the country with Habitat, maybe two weeks, maybe three week builds. And uh, anyway, in Thibodeau, Louisiana, that's where I met the RV caravanners and met those folks, was really impressed by them. And uh, it was since that day I worked with them that I knew exactly what I wanted to do with my time. And from there, I just had to figure out how I could do it. So, yeah, that's uh, that's basically it right there. So how, how long did you say one term was? Uh, it's 10 months service uh, with AmeriCorps and Triple C. And you're driving around the country with these people in a 15-passenger van for that long? Right, yeah. So we were stationed in Sacramento. We had about a month of training with my team. Um, and then after the training, we are, we're kind of sent out across the country. Now, there are specific regions um, that you normally, you, know, you normally stay in. I think there's five different campuses across the country uh, for this particular NCCC program. But uh, we were in Sacramento, but after Katrina, all five campuses made a commitment to send teams to the Gulf to help, w- help with Katrina relief. And, and my, my team actually, that was the last year that Sacramento sent teams to the, uh, the Gulf region. So we got in a 15-passenger van and took a two-day road trip. Um, I don't remember how many miles it was. I know it was like 750 miles just across Texas. Yeah. So uh, it was is quite the experience. Brutal drive ever. I've driven it way too many times. <laughs> uh, so you found these this group of people called the RV Caravanners, and we actually got connected because somebody forwarded me an email who had I guess it was on the email list of the RV Caravanners. I never heard of them. Of course, I've heard of Habitat. You know, Habitat's everywhere. We did uh, one of yeah. our jobs for Hourly America for Habitat Restore in Utah. But I'd never heard of the RV caravaner. So essentially, they travel around from place to place in their RV doing builds, and you know they're self-contained, so it reduces costs, and it's a meaningful project that they can do. So you kind of fall in love with this idea of 
being an RV caravaner and you're like, what, 23 at the time. So what did that, what did that process <laughs> look like for you uh, over the next couple of years? Like, how did you actually pull this off? I'm assuming this is like 2009. And so what happens over the next couple of years? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a whirlwind. You know, I, I met and talked with the RV caravaners. So, I mean, basically at this Habitat affiliate, we had my team, which was 18 to 24-year-olds. We had local volunteers. We had homeowners. And then we had the RV caravaners, which are, are mostly retired people. Those are the people that can afford to, you know, live the lifestyle. But, yeah, you know, I I had showed, I think, a caravaner uh, some of my artwork, you know, because I had, I had done drawing and painting and, and something like that. And, and one of them casually mentioned, well, you should sell your artwork and hit the road. And you know, I was thinking, oh, that doesn't sound that stable. You know, <laughs> um, I'm kind of a planner and I like to plan things out. But uh, I said, you know, I, I like the idea, but I think I have I think I have an idea for how to make this work. So in my in the back of my mind, actually, when I was in AmeriCorps, someone had seen some of the work I had done in college, some of the hand engraving work. Um, it's a knife company out of Oregon. And they had actually emailed me and asked if I was open to to doing work for them, um, actually hand engraving knives. So basically they would send me a blank knife and I would engrave it and, and get paid and send it back to them. And I, I guess probably that email had a lot to do with me, you know, getting that, that seed in my brain thinking, wow, you know, maybe there is potential in this hand engraving thing. Maybe I, you know, have a, have a talent here that I need to, to use and, and you can uh, do it from anywhere potential with, right. Yeah. And I can do it from anywhere. And, you know, it hadn't been done. It may have been done, not not to my knowledge, but uh, um, you know, I knew I knew I could probably make it happen. So, anyway, uh, I did my other three projects in AmeriCorps, um, but you know, the whole time I I had started thinking in my mind, how am I going to pull this off? How am I going to do this? And when I when I exited AmeriCorps, when I got out, I think it was August of 2010, or yeah. Um, my dates are real messed up. It's <laughs> a long okay. time ago, but um, got out of AmeriCorps, and that's when I got really serious about about making this, you know, dream a reality. I thought, you know, when I met the caravaners, I thought, you know, they were just kind of some of the most genuine, uh, caring people I'd ever met. I mean, it's just I was just amazed at them, and you know, older people tend to have lived their lives and they they realize a lot of stuff, but uh, these people these people just took it to a whole nother level. Not only were they there to work for the homeowner and, and help build these houses for Habitat, but uh, outside of work, they had so much fun and they were just genuine, caring people. You could tell just by looking at them almost that, uh, you know, these people were the real deal. And I thought, man, if I could hang out with them every day, I think that would be a pretty cool life. So <laughs> so that was kind of the the vision. Yeah. 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 That was the vision. And I, honestly, I knew nothing about running my own business. I knew nothing about RVs. Um, I, I'm not embarrassed to say that I have the, I own the book, the idiot's guide to RVing. Um, that's, that's one of the books I started with. And, awesome. you know, I just immersed myself in, in how to run my own business, especially in a mobile situation, how to, how to find my way around an RV. You know, I didn't know what a gray water tank, I didn't know what a black water tank. I didn't, I didn't know anything. And I had to learn, I still learn things the hard way. But, uh, you know, that process was probably a year and a half, two years. And I spent that time at home just kind of collecting everything that I needed to, to make it happen. And, and uh, I happened to have a truck, kind of a smaller mid-sized truck. And so I started 
looking into uh, travel trailers that I could pull with that truck. So I got into the the max cargo weights and, and you know, uh, all the uh, uh, the gross value weights and, and all those things. All the sexy um, logistics just, of buying an RV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, that happened six years ago, so I can't even recite to you all the things that I had learned and researched because I haven't had to do it lately. But, uh, yeah, it was just in – you know, the tricky part about all that was how am I going to buy this, this smaller travel trailer and then figure out how to get my engraving workbench inside of it. And that was, that was a process in itself. But, uh, this company that donated, uh, this equipment to my college, they, uh, I kind of went to them with a plan. I had an outline. uh, I typed out an outline and I went to the CEO at that time of that company. And I said, Hey, uh, this is what I'm planning to do. And, you know, and I, and this was two years before it actually happened. And, and I had outlined, basically, I had told him exactly what I was going to do. And he could have thought I was crazy. I mean, I was 24 or 25 years old at the time. And he could have looked at me like, man, you're a crazy kid. But uh, he took me totally serious. And he said, this is what we can do for you. We're going to help you make this happen. And he figured out a lot of things. He's an engineer. He figured out a lot of things that I couldn't figure out on my own. And that really gave me a step up um, in this whole process. It, it saved me a lot of time as well. So they were, were, did they come on board as a client or was he actually helping you on the workbench to, to get that He's into your He's helping me, yeah. Yeah, I use a pneumatic hand engraving equipment. Um, so basically, if you want to think about it, it's like a mini jackhammer. It's, it runs off an air compressor. So, I mean, the things they helped me with, they gave me a great, great price on some used equipment. He figured out a quiet mobile air compressor that I still use today. So, I mean, it's quiet enough that I can have a casual conversation inside my 17 foot trailer. So he figured out a lot of these things. He also uh, figured out my workbench situation, how I was going to get it in there, um, how I was going to secure it, those types of things. So, but they, they manufacture that equipment right there um, in my hometown. And uh, yeah, they were, they were a tremendous help to me in getting, getting it started in a, a mobile setting. Yeah. The photo of you sitting at your workbench in the RV looks legit. I'll uh, link up to that in the show notes so people can check it out. So you had this Okay. So you had this dream to go hit the road, be an RV caravaner, which sounds awesome because you're just going to go around and, you know, work with all these people that have lived life and I'm assuming you've gained a, a ton of knowledge from and but how did you how did you kind of get over that uh fear of, you know, stability? You had I'm assuming a client uh, but did you have, I guess, a number that you knew you needed to be making each month to make this happen? Uh, and I'm assuming sometimes uh, these habitat rebuilds, they'll, you know, you can find free places to stay in the area. So how did you like talk to me more about, I guess, the transition process? How did you get that your hand engraving business up to a point where it was paying all the bills? Yeah. So if I wasn't researching RVing at that time, you know, those two years, uh, the transition from AmeriCorps to, to making this happen. If I wasn't researching RVs, I was trying to build a hand engraving business. So that was reaching out to people. I talked to a lot of engravers that did work already, um, engravers that I knew, and said, "Who do you work for? You know, you know what kind, what type of situation is it? You know." And I would reach out to those people. And a lot of my business still today comes from word of mouth. And some of these companies that I work for started like that. I also went to my local jewelry stores and just gave them my card, reached out to them. I, I do a lot of work for uh, Carrie's Diamonds in my hometown. 
uh, I'd still do a lot of work for them. Um, so I've established a great business relationship with them. You know, the tricky thing is that I have to figure out on this whole deal is, is shipping. So obviously I need it, sh- the, my work shipped to me wherever I'm at at the time. Um, and that's, that's probably the trickiest situation. But uh, aside from that, the RV caravanners. So if you sign up for a two week build online, Habitat hooks you up with a free or discounted place to stay. So it could be a local fairgrounds. It could be a campground. It could be behind the Habitat Restore. I mean, you never never really know where it's going to be at, but they they do try to help you in some way. And and that really helps me make it more affordable out there on the road um, because utilities and things like that are either discounted or free, uh, which is even better. So um, that helps me as well. I've always kind of been, and thanks to my dad, I've always kind of been a saver. So I've, I've been saving money all my life. So I had, you know, I wasn't too nervous about getting out there and and starting this journey at first because I had money saved up. And I think that was really important. Um, I didn't have to to build up to that point, but uh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really sit down and crunch numbers to be honest with you. I just knew that you know, I was born in Kansas. I lived there 25 years, and and I believe there's a thing called the Kansas work e- work ethic, and I got it. You know, I <laughs> I had it, so I knew I knew if I worked hard, and I knew how hard I would work to make it happen. So I I really didn't crunch numbers at all. I just kind of said, I know I will work hard enough to make this happen, and and that's really what you got to do. Yeah. Whenever you were thinking about this life. I mean, was there outside of the, you know, I'm kind of, I'm similar in that regard. It's like, I know I'm going to show up and do the work, even though sometimes I get stressed about stupid stuff. Like I'm going to work hard. That part is going to be there no matter what. But was there any other fears uh, with jumping into this lifestyle? You're a single dude, you're a single guy, 25 years old, jumping in, growing your business and traveling around the country with what sounds like pretty much a group of retirees building houses in different parts of the country. I mean, what about like friendships and stuff before, you know, like leaving home and, and all that, because I have Alyssa with me on the road. And so there's a community there and we've been pretty intentional on meeting up with other people. But for you, I'm assuming the RV caravaners have kind of become like your family. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just curious because it's such an interesting situation. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had some reservations. Uh, all the things you talked about, you know, leaving home. I had, I had lived in, in Emporia, Kansas. I had gone to my local hometown college. I had lived there for, you know, 20, 23, 24, 25 years. And I was going to leave some of these things behind. But, you know, the one thing I haven't really talked about is why I wanted to become a caravanner in the first place. And, and that was to help people. And I thought the RV caravanners have found a cool, great way to help people. And, uh, you know, I was thinking whatever I do, whatever sacrifice I'm making, it's all going to be worth it because we are helping people. So, And that's what I saw from day one with the caravanners. I just saw how much of a difference they can make in somebody's life and obviously they can make a big difference in building the house in a timely fashion and in a quality way so i i knew i knew any sacrifice i was going to make was worth the struggle the the other great thing that's come out of this is uh my girlfriend angela has joined me on the road um not not for every build that i do but you know seasonally she will join me and that partnership that's just that's just made it stronger between us you know, she loves doing the, doing the same things I do. And we're on the roof a lot cause we're young and, and I don't feel that, that lonely feeling on the road just because, uh, uh, she's around quite a bit and, uh, she helps with that part of it. 
it's uh, it's nice to have you know kind of a partner in crime when you're building houses, especially. So, how how many days a week are you actually out there building houses? Uh, it depends on the season. RV caravanners generally work uh, about six hour days, and that would be five days a week. So it could be Monday through Friday. Some some habitat affiliates work Tuesday through Saturday to give the chance, give the homeowner a chance to work with us on the weekend when they may be off work. So it just depends on, on the situation. But, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm at a two week build, it'll be, you know, five days a week, uh, during those two weeks. And how many months a year would you say that you're building houses? Oh, uh, as much as I can, I would say, I would say I try to build 10, 10 months. Now it depends on each year, you know, I have some work stuff going on or, you know, I have weddings or, you know, family weddings or, or whatever. Um, it just kind of depends on how the schedule falls, but I can, uh, I can guarantee you that if I can be building, I will be building. So, um, that's, it's all I, all I really, uh, want to do. So it's, it's almost hard for me to fathom, how much time you're spending building houses for free in in a good way. And and I, I'm mm-hmm. glad that we're having this conversation because it's it's a good reminder for me uh, to get out and, and serve. But it's like I'm spending crazy amounts of hours right now just to get our business up to the point that I want it to be. And, uh, you know, I could probably take my foot off the pedal a little bit, but we're, you know, we're trying to kill off some, some debt and, you know, put ourselves in a place to maybe go travel Europe next year or, or whatever. Everyone has different goals, right? Yeah. Where do yeah. you, where do you sit on that spectrum? Like, is it is it for you? Is it because I'm just you, you're not like how many hours a week are you pouring into engraving? I, I know you're doing that in the evening, so I'm just trying to wrap my mind around like how's this guy running his business right now? <laughs> like when he's working a full time job for free. Yeah, no, I you know I tell people I'm a full time house builder for sure. I want to be doing that as much as I can, and then I'm a part time engraver. So you know it's it's a challenge and I have done a pretty good job about avoiding the, you know, in engraving, there are six months, 12 months, 18 month projects out there, you know, whether it be a shotgun or, or whatever you're going to engrave some of the longer projects I've been really careful about trying to avoid those types of projects um, and try to keep them smaller, smaller projects that I can contain, you know, within a couple of weeks. So that's, you know, that's one part of it, but, uh, no, it's, it's a challenge. Habitat's the most important thing I do. I mean, that's how I view it. That's how I've always viewed it. And, and it is so hard to explain to people, um, you know, where that comes from. Cause I get that same thing all the time. You know, why don't you pour yourself into your business? Um, why don't you, you know, do this? Why don't you do that? And society is constantly telling us what we should do, what um, society or your parents or whatever, but, you know, what it comes down to is, is, you know, what's best for you. And, and I reached a certain point in my life where I realized, you know, this is my life and I need to start listening to myself about what's important. And, uh, you know, that's what I did, but it's hard to explain, you know, why I do it. It's just, I think I wrote in that newsletter, a story that you read, you know, my happiness really doesn't come from finding success in my own life, you know, with my engraving business you know, any of that. Not that I don't find happiness from that. Um, I do enjoy engraving and I do, you know, I'm just amazed at how, how wonderful this business has been and how much I like it, um, especially in this setting. 
you know, my happiness really comes from helping other people find success in their life. I really don't think we were put on this earth to kind of be self-contained and, and think about, you know, how to make our life more successful or how to make more money or anything like that. I think, I think everybody's put here to, to help people. And that's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's my re- religion in a couple words is, is just help people. And that doesn't have to be building houses for people. And that's what people don't realize. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to give donations to help people. You don't have to build houses to help people. You just, you, there's people ready to be or, or needing to be helped in your home. I mean, you know, do the dishes or, or whatever. There's, there's a lot of simple things you can do to help somebody uh, that people don't even realize. You don't have to do this grandiose thing. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't have to buy a travel trailer and travel the country and do it five days a week. Just find somebody close to you and, and help them. So uh, that's kind of my ideology, I guess, if you want to call it that. And, and uh, that's kind of words, words I try to live by. So I'm going to ask you a very stupid follow-up question, but I mean, are you happy? Are you, do you feel like this, this lifestyle has brought you a lot of joy? Oh, I've never, yeah, this, you know, I think, uh, let's see, 2011. It's like six, going on six and a half years. I, I, I honestly wish I had started sooner because, yeah, it's this this lifestyle, you know, with the RV caravanners and everything. It's it's a great it's a great blend of adventure and travel and doing something good. So, I mean, it's kind of the best of all the worlds. Um, you know, it's uh, it's exciting for me. I get to go to new places and experience new things and. A lot of times we're working with local people that show you like the coolest spots in all these places that we go. And that's, that's just an awesome experience. So, you know, selfishly, I mean, that's, that's really cool for me to, to get to experience these things and go to these places, but then you're also doing something worthwhile and good. And, and, you know, working with the homeowner um, with Habitat, you know, that's kind of their, their vision. Habitat's vision is, is these homeowners are not only going to, put in sweat equity and work with you to help build their houses or somebody else's house. Um, they're also paying a no interest mortgage for the house. So they have to work for the house. They have to pay for the house. But you know, what makes it affordable is our, our volunteer labor. So a lot of these things help make it more affordable. And I think that, you know, these homeowners can pay basically what they pay for a apartment. They can pay their rent for an apartment and at the end of that process, they can own their own house. And that's what Habitat's all about. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a good thing. And, you know, if we just gave people, gave homes away, uh, I don't think I would be interested in doing it. But uh, these homeowners really have to step up. And, and uh, just uh, it's an absolute pr- pleasure for us as RV caravanners to get to meet these people and work alongside these people. Because these are people that want to help themselves. So that's that's the best part. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that I mentioned during Hourly America that we worked today with Habitat Restore, and uh, I loved my day there. And one of the interviews there was a guy named AJ, who was a semi-pro football player, and uh, had his okay. ran his own uh, construction business for a while, and then the recession happened, and he lost that. But I just remember spending the day with him, you know, picking up tiles and mixing paint, and uh, 
and stuff. And then uh, second part way through the day, we went to go visit, see a home that was being built, met the family, met the kids, heard their story. They moved here from Hawaii. And anyway, it's just they were for the first time, all these kids are getting home. And I'm sure that this is a story that you've heard many times and experienced firsthand in person, but it was incredibly meaningful. Yeah. And uh, before we did that project our first year on the road, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but I, w- our original goal was to maybe go spend a year volunteering in nonprofits or something. And then we decided to go work, mm-hmm. work jobs instead. And there was this idea of it being a, you know, a larger mission than you. And I definitely feel like that's something that has been lacking for us. We've been on the road. It, it, it's, it really is easy to get me, me, me focused and focus on everything that you can grow. And, um, and, and then you just think, well, once you get to a certain point, you can turn around and help some people. But for the time being, I need to hustle and I need to work on building up this business. So it's a, it's, right. it's a good reminder talking to you. Just, it doesn't always have to be like that. You know, you can help people along the way. And <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. One of the, one of the coolest things I, you know, I get home at Christmas time. I have all my mail sent to my dad's for the most part, my dad's house and I'll get home at Christmas time and I'll have six or seven sometimes letters from homeowners, you know, houses that I've helped build. And, and man, those first, couple years of getting those in the mail it's just it's overwhelming to me to know that I've had an effect on that many people in so many places Um, and that's that's one of the cool things about RV caravaning you're not stuck in one place you can you can kind of outreach and and make a difference in in several different places so have you have you gotten to explore a lot of the the country too outside of just you know the builds do you have some free time oh yeah definitely Um, you know sometimes you know, you can't get these builds to line up perfectly or, or whatever. Or I even do uh, uh, a lot of drop-in builds, which means, you know, I, I contact a Habitat affiliate on my own and say, camping in the area, and hey, do you have work that needs to be done? So, you know, if I have a couple weeks off, you know, we may go uh, find some place to fish. We may go find some place to build. Um, I know last winter I we explored Laredo, Texas, and then we spent weeks in Corpus Christi, Texas. We actually parked and camped in a Habitat driveway. Finished. It was a finished house, but the homeowner actually hadn't completed their hours yet. So we just parked my trailer right there in their driveway, plugged into the house and uh, worked on that house and also another house just down the road. So um, yeah, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of adventure that goes on and I love going to new places and and seeing new things and and trying to catch some fish too, if I if I have the chance. Yeah, that's awesome. Whenever whenever you talk to friends who maybe have went a different route in life, what how do those conversations go? Like when you're talking to somebody who maybe just has been doing doing something totally different, is it hard for them to wrap their minds around what you've been doing because you have been on the road a long time? Like I've I feel in a lot of ways, Alyssa and I've been on the road a long time, over three years, but you've been on the road t- twice that long. Is, how do those conversations yeah. go? Uh, you know, they're they're interesting. I'm most fascinated and what most uh, interested in when I talk to people, whether it be my friends or someone else, is, is how they find meaning in what they do. So, you know, if they're a if they're a mechanic or you know whatever, um, I say what you know what gets you going. That's that's really that's really where I start in in asking people. You know, and and a lot of people, you know find meaning in, in everything that they do and, and they really, enjoy it and, you know, or they, or they're getting by to support their family. And, and, you know, all of that is, is great, but, um, no, it's, 
it's hard to describe my lifestyle. Like I said before, it's, it's hard to describe what exactly I do and, and why I do it. But to my friends, it doesn't really matter. All they really about is I'm happy. And, and I think without even telling them and tell that I'm happy and, and to, uh, this lifestyle has been great for me. Um, and it's, it's only right down my alley. So, uh, you know, that's generally, it's kind of a, kind of a, with my guy friends, it's kind of a short thing. Like, how's it going? It's, it's going great, man. It's going great. And like, yeah, that's good. And then, and then we just focus on hanging out from there, you know, it's, it's cause I really don't get to see him that much. So, yeah. Do you, have you ever been or had points in your life where you felt pulled to go chase the dollar instead of going to chase how you find meaning in what you do? Like, obviously you need to make sure that all the bills are paid and that you can, you know, put gas in the RV and things like that. But has there been cer- any certain points where you've kind of questioned what it is you're doing? Every single day. Every honestly. single day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I noticed that most, like if I see a hand engraver's work, you know, that I look up to some really great work, part of me, you know, part of me wants to be pulled to try to be the best hand engraver out there. And I, I fight that urge all the time because, you know, obviously everybody wants to be the best at something. And, you know, that would, that would require a whole different direction in my life. And I think, honestly, I do think, I think about that every day. I also tell people if I uh, have a fly fishing uh, habit problem, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, habit problem, I love fly fishing and I could be on a river every single day of my life, every single day. And I would not get tired of it. I could tell you that right now, but that's not what I think is most important. So um, I tell people, you know, if I had three different lives, I would try or strive to be one, the best hand engraver in the world. And two, I would be a fly fishing guide and I would take people <laughs> out for fly fishing trips on a river every day because I just, I just can't get enough of that aspect of, of life either. But, uh, both of those things don't really make a big difference in the life of someone else. And, and like I said before, uh, uh that's, that's what I want to do is, is make a difference in somebody else's life and, and RV caravanning's the best way I've found to do that. And it's, it's the most fun way I've found to do that. I love that, man. And we talked a little bit about this the other day. Uh, your business now is kind of centered around B2B and B2C, and you do some teaching. So you have clients that pay you to do projects here and there for knives or whatever. And then you go back and teach hand engraving. And then you also have word of mouth referrals for maybe anything from like a knife or other stuff that you can hand engrave, right? Right. Yeah. So I have clients that I hand engrave projects for so they might send me a blank knife bolster and i'll engrave it and then send it back to them and then also through this company that i started with in my hometown grs tools they manufacture the equipment right there in emporia kansas they also have a training center where they teach people how to hand engrave and i took several courses through them during that two-year span when i was trying to establish my own business and and learn hand engraving but um, i actually teach for them now so uh, um, that's a that's a big part of my business is teaching. I teach three to four classes a year. The classes are, are five days, so Monday through Friday, eight to five. And uh, yeah, so uh, we have people come in from all over the country, all over the world, actually, to come learn hand engraving um, with our equipment uh, right there in Emporia, Kansas. So uh, teaching with them has been a great opportunity for me. We also do trade shows, so. We do jewelry shows, we do tattoo shows, we do 
knife shows, gun shows all over the country. And um, I demonstrate for them as well. So um, wherever I'm at, we'll take it and I'll to that trade show. We'll set up the equipment on grave on a show floor and then we'll pack it up and ship it back. So um, that's another that's another aspect of my business. Um, you know, there's just there's a lot of aspects to the business, I guess it seems like. But um, yeah, mostly it's it's clientele and then working with GRS tools as well. Very cool. And uh, if somebody wants to get into hand engraving and knows nothing about it, or maybe they've tinkered with it a little bit, where would you point them as far as resources they can go and learn and dig into this? And, and how long is that process to really get to the point where people are willing to pay you for this? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, as far as how long it's going to take, it depends on the person. And honestly, more than that, it depends on uh, how much practice uh, you do after, after the fact. But uh, grstc.com. Um, that's the, that's the website for this training center, um, GRS tools training center. And, uh, like I said, uh, it's, it's kind of the way I learned and, and, uh, it's a, it's a great first step for somebody who, who's thinking about this. Um, we have all our equipment set up in the classrooms. We have two classrooms, 12 benches in each classroom. And, uh, so you come in, you don't have to buy any equipment or anything like that. You can just come test out a basic engraving class and after five days you're going to know if it's for you or not and that's that's the best part about that um, if you do decide it's for you you can obviously buy the equipment take more advanced classes but yeah that's a great that's a great first step because some people come and they realize this is for me i want to do this and some people come and say uh, i'm not sure this is for me and they they just have the investment of the class at that point so that's a great way to learn there you know for me i think I was, I started it in 2009. I started getting really serious about it. So here I am eight years. I've been professionally engraving for, uh, I would say seven years because it started just before I hit the road. So, but again, I was uh, a maniac about um, trying to get this, this dream kick started. So I really uh, put the pedal to the metal as far as the process and uh, got pretty serious about it quickly. So Yeah, I love it, man. Well, the last question I have for you, and I have an idea that uh, it's a three-part answer, but I ask this in every episode, so I'm going to ask you, how do you find uh, success in this lifestyle and what you're doing right now? How do I find success? Yeah, and I was going to answer the three-part, the three-parter fly fishing, building houses, <laughs> and engraving, but I'm going to let you do it because uh, you're the person being interviewed right now. Yeah, um, I work really hard until I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> That's basically it. But I find success in other people's successes. I find success in uh, a kid having a safe place to sleep at night. And I guess I find success in working really hard to try to make those things happen and just working really diligently to make those things happen. So, and I guess the last part of that is, is I'm going to give you a three-part answer. <laughs> uh, just working diligently and uh, keeping your priorities straight. That's probably one of the hardest things I have to do is is, is just keep priorities straight and, and remember what the main focus is because it's so easy to get distracted. Um, and in today's world, going in a direction that, that uh, you're not really interested in going, but uh, it's easy to be swayed one way or the other. So keeping priorities straight is, is definitely a big part of, our, of finding success in this lifestyle. I love that. Well, where can people connect with you, Jake, and uh, learn more about what you do? Uh, yeah, I have a 
several social media uh, outlets. Uh, my Facebook page is Custom Hand Engraving by Jake Newell. My Etsy page is Hand Engraving by Jake. So there's a shop um, with items. Uh, that's something I'm really interested in in trying to kickstart is, uh, you know, kind of engraving what I want and then selling it through through a shop, a shop like Etsy. And that way there's no there's no in between uh, with a client or anything like that. So uh, that's something I've been working really hard to try to get get started. You can always email me at customhandengraver.com or at gmail.com, excuse me. If you have any interest in the, the RV caravanning, um, there's a build list online that you can go on to and you can see the listed builds all across the country, the dates, the times. You can even see how much it, it costs to camp if there is a, a cost. And um, it's through the Habitat website, but if, if I were you, I would search RV Habitat in a Google search box and that build list will come up first in the search box. So RV Habitat, if you search that, you will you will find the RV caravanners, and, and that's a great place to start for those people that are looking for um, a little more meaningful work out there on the road. I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and I'll make sure to link up to all those in the show notes, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you uh, for having me. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to grab the show notes from this episode, head on over to our website at heathandalyssa.com and go to podcast. I appreciate all the love and reviews of Alyssa's last podcast on the show. Heard you guys loud and clear. You want Alyssa on the show more. I get it. You're sick of hearing me talk. I would be too. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But I really am going to have her on the show more and I appreciate all of the great love on people leaving comments, both in iTunes and on the show notes page from her last episode. I agree. I would love to have her on the show more. It's just uh, trying to lock her down. She's out busy, not in the RV. I'm kidding. I'm making excuses. I'm going to have Alyssa more on the show. We'll do some mini episodes together. So if there's any particular subjects that we haven't covered yet on the podcast that you would like to hear, shoot us a note at uh, Heath Paget or at Alyssa Page on Instagram or drop a note in our Facebook group, Make Money in RV, if you're in there, because that's the type of content that we can put into future episodes. And it's super helpful for us while we're creating our content calendar and batch recording some of these episodes to dive into some of these subjects where we have experience and or can bring somebody on the show who has experience in them if we don't. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I appreciate you guys and I'm thankful to have you all as part of this community. And if you haven't signed up for the waitlist for the next RV Entrepreneur Summit, again, we're going to be hosting that February 22nd through the 25th in Fredericksburg, Texas. And we're going to be releasing tickets here in a couple of weeks. And uh, you can go to the RVEntrepreneur.com and join the waitlist there to be the first when those tickets come out. I'll see you guys next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. 